We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the final fantasy football 2022 rankings update and injury news before we're into week one. And who cares about your drafts anymore? Because they're probably happening this weekend, early next week. You can keep up with the news. All of the rankings continued to be updated on DKNation.com. You want the quick links to the rankings that are updated right now and will be updated right after the show if Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com can... Talk me out of something. Talk me into something. You know, I listen to Jake. He's the second most accurate ranker in the world for a reason. Right, Jake? I love how you drop that second. You're just going to keep taking that little. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm the number one because I'm the only person that's top five all time in football and baseball. So I'm just saying. Jake, don't give a shit about baseball, pal. It's football season. <laughs> Hey, I'm wearing my Mets hat after DeGrom last night. I gotta, I gotta get my excitement where I can. Hey, that trumpet player for uh, Diaz coming in was pretty cool. Uh, see, like, you see, look, you just said uh, you, you paid attention to baseball. I did because I saw that clip. I was watching the Serena tennis match. I did not give a shit about the Mets. Okay, I can tell you that much. Right uh, were you watching for her for her spectacular outfit that she had designed just for the U.S. Open? That's what, you're actually just seeing what she was wearing like a red carpet thing. No, I, I mean I like tennis. <laughs> I, I so very rarely watch tennis, but just. Anything that has like a, I, I remember watching like the Agassi, like towards the, like he made one run at the oh, U.S. Just... Open super late in his career, like bald Agassi, not like the hair Agassi. It was like, this is pretty yeah. cool. Like someone I grew up with, they're making one more run. Let's do this. And that's how I feel about Serena too. And the crowd was hyped and I get into crowds being hyped. It's like a great, like if you're in an in-stadium, like I don't watch like wrestling anymore, but like, you know, you give me a great crowd. I can be hyped for that. I, I'll give you that. I kind of I was into tennis a little bit with the Agassi Sampras days, and so I have a little bit of that hangover of where yeah, I'll check in for the hype stuff. I did not see the open though. I was doing the telethon for CBS, but they bring in Mike Wright and me, and we get Trump because Debo Samuel's on the show. 
Like, who wants to see? Who wants to listen to us when you have Debo Samuel on the show? Did you get to talk to Debo? Yeah, briefly. I told him that I asked. I I called him out. I told. I said I asked you the question at the combine when I said what's your most underrated skill set, and you looked at me and said, "Good question." I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, "Thanks." Did you say he's going to run as much this year? Uh, he gave the the player coach speak type things where he's like, you know, I'm still going to do my thing. And, you know, Brandon Ayuk looks amazing and can't be covered inside of a phone booth. And everything about this team and what Shanahan does for us is why we're so dangerous. And Trey Lance is going to bring a whole dynamic. Like it was all the same player coach speak we get all the time. All right. So quick housekeeping, like I mentioned, all the links are down in the description, all completely free to go use. We'll be completely updated. All the win total shows are out. If you want to get your hands on a piece of $1,000 cold, hard cash, super easy stuff. Smash the like to this episode, sub to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. That part is the easy part. Here's the complicated part, which takes, I don't know, 22 seconds. Sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Download the episodes, obviously, as they come out. You don't even need to listen. Just download them. That's all I care about. Uh, leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Say something nice about the show. It could be about Jake's hats. You can say, oh, I like Jake's hats and Jake's toys. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> and then leave your Twitter handle or email in that, and boom, you are in that draw. I'll be giving away the cash in week two. Probably 500 to first and 250 to two other people. So go do that right now. And you should play in the DraftKings Week 1 Listeners League. It's over half full. It's rake-free. It's the best tournament on DraftKings. If you're tempted by Daily Fantasy, I highly recommend that you go play in that right now. Link is in the description. And if you want projections, you want the Daily Fantasy, fantasy tools the betting tools it's all tools run the sims.com slash mayo get you 10 percent off if you're unfamiliar with run the sims.com it is a site built off of 10,000 simulations every game gets simulated 10,000 times and you can adjust what you want the spreads of the game the total of the game have the player market share of rushes and touches and touchdowns you can customize all that then run it 10,000 times so it gives you all of the tools based on what you think or you can take the standard one but it's run the sims.com slash mayo you're gonna want it by week four so you might as well just get it now okay (laughs) let's talk about what's going on in washington because it was pretty horrific tell you the truth brian robinson gets shot twice fortunately he's going to be okay in the long term we don't know exactly when he's going to be back at minimum he could be back in week five he could be out for the season. He could be out by to, till week 10. We don't know what's going on with this. So the long-term projection on him is just a complete mystery at this point. But what does this do fantasy-wise for Antonio Gibson, who was kind of thrown overboard a while ago? I think the last time that we talked, we had bumped down. Let's see here. Where are you at, Antonio Gibson? We had bumped him down to 29 in the running back rankings. Hmm. Probably got to move him back up, right? <laughs> we. Are, I mean, I did. I have him back up. Uh, the top of tier four with Josh Jacobs. I think Jacobs is in the similar conversation with him. A little bit different roles. We don't expect Jacobs to be used much in the passing game, if at all, especially with McDaniels and how that backfield is looking. But where Gibson gets the workload in both, McGissick is still going to be involved. And then whatever they decide to do is we still have the risk of it's now uh, Williams. I think they Jonathan Williams that they brought in right from the Giants cut and or used to play with the Giants. That one. Anyway, the point being is they still might not trust him to give him the consistent workload. He's probably going to see more than he was going to see with Brian Robinson. But I think that risk keeps him out of that tier above where that tier above again, yours and mine are a little bit different. But basically the names that are in that range above him are like the Leonard Fournette's, the ETNs, Elijah Mitchell's like Elijah Mitchell. I know we're going to talk about, but like that kind of role is set like 
Gibson still has a little bit of risk, which is why I think he belongs alongside Jacobs and Montgomery and people like that. Would you go Montgomery or Gibson? Because I have Montgomery at number 19. That would put Gibson at number 21. I'd go Gibson. I've been going Gibson until the Brian Robinson thing happened about two weeks ago. So uh, my situation played out. Unfortunately, I wish this is not how it played out. But, you know, I, I got fortunate on those teams because I am just as concerned as we were with Gibson, with Brian Robinson, as I am with Montgomery and Herbert. You know this. We've talked about this a lot of times. And this is even before we got the recent. I think it was Peter King or somebody that was talking about how Herbert fits the offense better. I don't even know that that's necessarily true. I do like Herbert's fit better, but Montgomery's not a bad fit. I don't, I don't really understand like what they're not that dissimilar. So I still think this is more of a 60 40 still in Montgomery's favor. But the issue is it's not 60 40 on the Chiefs. It's not 60 40 on the Rams. It's not even 60 40 on the Ravens. It's 60 40 on the Bears. And that's why I'm more concerned about David Montgomery than anything, because even if it's 60 and even if he gets 250 touches, I don't think the touchdowns are going to be there. Yeah, I can see that. I I, I just kind of switched it up a bit. I'm still going to go Montgomery over Gibson for the moment because let's say Brian Robinson heals himself and he comes back in week five. What happens to Antonio Gibson then? Sure. And that's, that's the big speculation here is this is unfortunately, this is, we can't predict this. We have no idea with Brian Robinson. Like as you mentioned, it could be week five, could be week 10, could be the entire season. It all comes down to how that heals. Uh, there's been speculation. I mentioned to you before the show, some doctors say that you have to be a hundred percent. Like you can't get hit in a spot where you had the muscle torn like that from a gunshot wound and then have it at 80% while you're working back because hitting it will re-tear or whatever. And I'm sure some other doctors out there will help us know and tell us how accurate that is. But whatever it might be, is it's, a, it's an unknown factor. What we do know is that Gibson has that threat of losing that role when Brian Robinson comes back. But where I'll go with this is who is more likely, as you and I talk about on your show a lot, Pat, who is more likely to reach top 10? Gibson was just outside of it last year, and actually when J.D. McKissick went down was top 10. I don't expect McKissick to go away, but what if Gibson stops his fumbling issues like Tiki Barber, and all of a sudden Brian Robinson comes back, and they're like, forget it. We're not going to mess with what Gibson's doing. I could see that. I think that's more of an unlikelier scenario of what's going to happen. I think the more likely scenario is that Robinson's just out for a while because even if, like you mentioned, if you can't be hit on that part of the body because that just resets everything, could lead to very serious injury, you have all of the actual physical injury that goes along with it. But, like, there's likely to be trauma that's associated with this as well. That coming back in a month or six weeks later after getting shot twice is... It's a, it's a big ask, even if you are healthy. Yeah. So I, I would yeah. plan on him being out longer than, I mean, he might take the year off. I, is anyone going to blame the guy? No, I don't think. And that's the bigger thing, too, is why force him back? Whether or not he's like ready, he feels ready on that leg. So I'm going to go with Gibson at 21. I have Montgomery at 20, Josh Jacobs at 22. So you absolutely nailed the tier at running back. I have A.J. Dillon above them at this point. I have him at number 19. just Because <laughs> it, it's sort of a collection of three guys that you don't really want. Like Zeke is at number 24. Like you could put Zeke at 20 and you could put Montgomery at 24. There's just four running backs that you have to rank because you have to make these. Turns out you have to make these lists and you have to include everyone. <laughs> I was like, well, what is this? But uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> want any of these guys. <laughs> I see. I, I keep. I came around a little bit on Zeke for the Bad biggest reason. Bad choice, he, sir. Here, here's why. He, he's not losing the job to Pollard. And the biggest thing, what do we know about Zeke? Like, so I'll draw a parallel to James Conner last year, who was a top ten running back. 
it was a pretty poor performance running the ball. Like he did not look good running the ball and he only had about 200, 205 carries, but it was the passing game. I'm not even saying that Zeke's going to see that kind of passing game work. The difference is I think the touches will be similarly total between Connors and that Zeke's, but Again, the touchdown upside, Zeke isn't coming off the field. If he's 60%, that guy is going out there at 60%. And yes, it would be an annoying 15 for 40 because it's not that good. But he's going out there every single week. And if he's 100% this year, unlike last year, I'm not saying I want, like, go get Zeke. But as an RB2, he just finishes a top 10 running back just on on a terrible season. He just finishes a top 10 running back. Not buying it. I think he's cooked, and I think that Pollard <laughs> is probably – I mean, he's going way later, so that makes Pollard the better pick, I think. And just if Zeke does go down a little bit, Pollard goes up, you just have a chance to back yourself into a fringe RB1 if Zeke doesn't exist. I mean, that's the that's the main thing about Dylan that I like so much is that Aaron Jones goes away, you might have a top five running back. Even if Aaron Jones doesn't go away, you have a top 20 running back, which sign me up for that. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. I think the only concern I have about AJ Dillon versus some of the other names is that he's too is good. Not relying and you, on injury, and you don't no. have like really good players. No, you're relying on injury. We talked about it during the show. I don't disagree with you about going with AJ Dillon. I have AJ Dillon on a few teams. It's just the opportunity cost of what's around him. Sometimes a wide receiver, sometimes an other running back, which I know you don't have in front of. But like you know, AJ Dillon versus Travis Etienne. The job, sorry, Etienne for your show. Etienne, Jake. Like. Yeah, he doesn't need that doesn't need that injury to be top 15 if everything happens like well for like everything breaks right for him. So that's a little difference. I don't have Dylan that much lower than you. I completely agree. It's just I, I opportunity cost wise of what I can get. I, I, I just have him just a spit lower. Well, I think it all depends on how you structure your teams as well. If you've went running back heavy, then you get to that spot where A.J. Dillon is going. You're likely going to draft a tight end or receiver or quarterback. But if you've gone right. wide receiver or tight end heavy at the beginning, I think he fits in the mold of not a zero RB theory. But I, listen, I'm not pumped if A.J. Dillon's my running back one. But I might be super pumped in week seven if he's my running back one. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I just don't right. see, I don't. So basically, force, I don't, you'll never be pumped with Zeke <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> I would not be pumped at any time during the season, more than likely, at least I think, with Montgomery, with Gibson, with Jacobs, with Elliott, Damian Harris, like all of those guys. I just feel like there's no circumstance that breaks their way well enough where they're a top five guy, maybe a top 10 guy, fringy, more likely, probably like a top 15 guy, but it feels like I'm just more likely to be disappointed with them and never really be pumped to have them on my team. Okay. That's certainly a fair point. I I I still want to come and get you to come around on Damian Harris, but I know that's never going to happen. Hey, I'm at number 23. I have him ahead of Zeke. Oh, okay. Like I like him. I have him right at 23. Then you're, we're on the same page then. Yeah, no, I I like him well enough. Like, but I'm not like fired up. I have Damian Harris on my team where I could see that case playing out for AJ Dillon. Like what, what are the, what circumstances have to change for Damian Harris to be better than he is? Like we're expecting him to be good. How does it get better? He repeats last year, which I don't think anybody expects that to happen. Now, I was going to flip the question around to you. I know you always ask the questions, but your rankings, too. Has this talk about Patricia and Joe Judge-led offense looks like beyond doo-doo? Has that affected you at all? I feel like Harris is the Harris and Myers remain the safe two in that offense. That's it. Everyone else I'm with, I'm with you on this. Here. Yeah. And he's going to get all the goal line work. Like, he scored double-digit touchdowns on a crap offense last year. Like, everybody acts like last year's Patriots offense was world busters, gangbusters. And, like, I don't get it. Like, oh, the offense looks like trash so far. And what was so great about it last year? World busters is like a good porn site name, I think. And, 
I was, was, was going to go like, world beaters gangbusters. Like, yeah. Worldbeaters.com. That's like a that's like a porn competition. That's like real unseemly stuff. That's uh, that's like dark web, <laughs> dark web Olympics. Worldbeaters.com. <laughs> Trey Sermon. Yeah. Gets, yeah. Trey Sermon. I was going to say transition out of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking about Trey Sermon. I mean, he has time to be a part of worldbeaters.com at this point because he got cut by the 49ers a day after the cuts actually happened. So people got to like victory lap their Trey Sermon for about 12 hours. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's cut because he's not any good. Just one problem, Jake. Like your finger paintings, they're not any good. Not any good. So Elijah Mitchell, who's sat out all preseason and all training camp with his hamstring injury, Yes, he's good to go. So how does this backfield shake out? What should we do with Elijah Mitchell? Because I initially, I mean, I still have him at the moment at number 27. Should he be a part of this Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Gibson tier? Or is where I have him well enough, good enough? Because Trey Lance is going to be running the ball. Debo's going to be running the ball. Who knows? Who's it like, you know, Jonathan Price from Mad Men. He's also going to be running the ball. <laughs> Tyrion Lannister Davis Price. Yes, that's the one. That's the that's, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he played so, the, the, no, Jonathan Price is the played the, the Sparrow in Game of Thrones. That's the, the High Sparrow. That's the guy. Oh, that's the one who played the Sparrow? Yeah. High Sparrow. Oh, okay. So I rattled this off. I, yeah, I think it was Jeff when we were doing the show on All in Football, and I said, hey, name this player. And I mentioned the carries for Elijah Mitchell. And I think he guessed, it wasn't Derrick Henry. I guess he guessed somebody else way up there. But to give everybody an idea, I don't even want to talk about the beginning of the season for Elijah Mitchell. Let's talk when Debo was doing Debo things. This is when, this is the week it started where Debo started doing the four, five, six, seven rushes per week. 27 carries, 27 carries, 22, 21, 21, 27 is in the wild card. And then 17, 11 when they got beat by the Rams and it went downhill. Uh, look, Trey Lance at quarterback definitely yeah. is not going to have <laughs> Elijah Mitchell running the ball 27 times. I agree with you. We had that conversation. But I've been champion in saying like Elijah Mitchell, even a tick down from there. It's still Elijah Mitchell's role is set. It's not changing. They have him ready for week one. The door was open. I admit it. I said, I never want to see the door open for injury because that's when the Shanahanigans happen. It's more so an injury and somebody proves themselves capable. And But nobody did. Trey Sermon, as you mentioned, got cut. Tyrion Davis-Price was okay at times. Jeff Wilson hadn't been out there until the final week. So all that being said, it's Elijah Mitchell's role. And I have Elijah Mitchell inside the top. Actually, RB20. He's inside the top 20 for me. Uh, we did a roundtable. I asked all 32 teams one final fantasy question before we headed into the season. I asked about Elijah Mitchell. And I said, is the door open for anybody else now that we have no Trey Sermon? And Matt Barrow said this. He said, they love Elijah Mitchell. The massive caveat is gets hurt all the time. So he said, a smart fantasy manager will hedge his bet by also selecting Jeff Wilson later. And the super smart looking super forward will draft Davis Price, who is built more like the bulk that they want at running back. So do you think that Jeff Wilson carries any value this year? Yes, at the beginning of the season. But so, I think it pivot, uh, pivots to Davis Price. But so if you draft Davis Price, you have to be patient or else just let somebody else and worry about him come week four, five, six, once Elijah, or Elijah Mitchell pushes Wilson kind of like out of the equation and Davis Price is more the backup. So let's live in this scenario where Elijah Mitchell goes full Raheem Moster, Colonel Moster, and gets hurt like the second play of the game in week one. Who is now taking over at running back? Wilson. 
Okay. Splitting a little bit with Davis Price, and then it'll eventually turn to Davis Price. It's just Davis Price isn't ready for week one. It would be, it would be Wilson's job as of today, just like we were having the conversation about the Chargers a little while ago before they brought in Sonny Michelle, when it would be Kelly to start the season, but probably Spiller down the road. That's this type of situation. So looking at the two games that Trey Lance started last season, Elijah Mitchell was healthy in both of those games. He got outcarried by Trey Lance 16 to nine in one of those games. Did have two catches for 19 yards. So that's not horrendous. He had two catches for 11 yards and a touchdown in that second game against the Texans. And I guess when you look at it, the Niners lost to the Cardinals 17 to 10. And it was close. I remember the one thing that vividly stands out for me in this game, because I bet Trey Lance anytime touchdown, he got stuffed at the one yard line, like, five times is that he kept calling his own number at the goal line and that was a bit terrifying if that's what's been sticking in your head it's been sticking in my head the entire time now that game against the texans where they beat them by a bunch uh elijah mitchell 21 carries 120 yards had the two catches no touchdowns at the same time trey lance only ran the ball eight times in that game debo ran it seven times in that game so they were very committed to the ground game against the texans now they don't get to play the awful texans every single week so you're probably meeting some Somewhere in the middle with this but a lot like how I've criticized drafting Bills running backs in the past I think I can apply a lot of that same logic to what is going on for the overall upside of San Francisco running backs as it pertains to not only just it's not even just Trey Lance in the Josh Allen role as a runner near the goal line you also have Debo who we don't know the role but we know he's probably going to run the ball four or five times a game which is just taking away more opportunities is what I'm getting at that I think I can bump him up in terms of the rankings, just especially without Sermon there, now that we know he's healthy. That's all positive news. So I had him at 27. Does that make him better than Cordero Patterson? Probably. I mean, maybe it yeah. doesn't. But I think feel like that's the range that he's in. So like 23, 24, 25, somewhere in the running back rankings. But I just don't, again, it's almost like the Damian Harris thing. This is best case scenario week one for Elijah Mitchell. How does it get better than this? Well, that's the thing, but we're in base case scenario, so it has to get better than being 23 is that run at the end of last year where it was 20 carries every single game. And yes, you, you mentioned the Trey Lance scenario, but what if it's 20, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't have the touchdown success, 20 carries a game, it's 340 carries. And no, I don't think he's going to carry the ball Derrick Henry level, but if he's carrying the ball close to 300 times, even 280. Even if he carries the ball only 280 times this year, stays healthy the entire season. He's running for 13, 14, 1500 yards. Even with a low touchdown total, he's going to be inside the top 15, probably an RB1. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's the upside for Elijah Mitchell. The downside for Elijah Mitchell is that if he's asked to carry the ball 280 times, he probably gets hurt. Yeah, I'd say that if best case scenario happens and he gets to all the benchmarks in terms of carry, plays all 17 games, he's like 75% Nick Chubb. Mm, I would say 85% Nick Chubb. Nah, because I just think that the touchdown equity for Nick Chubb is just so much higher. I don't because Jacoby Brissett's at the quarterback for the first 10 games. No, no, yeah, thank you. Don't, don't worry. It just means extra. There's going to be 35 carries a game for Nick Chubb now. Yeah, for 70 yards, and none of them are in the red zone. <laughs> wow, but Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry-esque, he breaks those big ones. That's why you have Nick Chubb. And so does Elijah Mitchell. Does he? Come on. Come on. Elijah Mitchell over Jacobs, over Harris, over... Yeah. I know you love A.J. Dillon. I'd take yeah. him over A.J. Dillon. I, 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 that, that's just slander. Gibson. That's outrageous. Montgomery. Outrageous. No, he's behind all those guys. He's going to be number 25. And, and that <laughs> hey, puts... Our, 
you're if you're to... playing injury, and I have no look. If you don't want the injury risk, I get it. But if you're playing that he's gonna be the lead guy for all 17 games, he's got to be higher. Yeah, and I also don't think that's going to be the case. Like if if I okay. if I'm drafting, I'll probably take Jeff Wilson later. If I go to any, I I just feel like there's so many guys that run the ball on this team. I don't want any of these guys. Like if for the for their cost, I'd rather just but take the see, guy but in they the don't. last. But I'd rather just take the guy in the last round. If this guy get if Elijah Mitchell's getting hurt all the time, give me like the potential sure. at a free square where I mean I'd still rather have Zeke. You know I don't even like Zeke. But, so, okay, so here's the thing. It's like you just mentioned all those names you have them alongside of. Here's the good scenario here. Because of everything you're saying, because people are scared of Shanahanigans, and but you don't even have to take Elijah Mitchell as an RB2. Some leagues, you don't even have to take him as an RB3. His, his cost is – you could take Mitchell and Wilson. You could take Mitchell and Davis Price because everybody is so terrified of this backfield. But I also don't want to load up on Niners in my backfield and have to waste the No, I wasn't saying take all three. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. So we've done Elijah Mitchell, the backups. J.K. Dobbins, he's a guy that people like coming into the season. I currently have him ranked because I did not update it uh, since Tuesday. And we got got a glance into old J.K. and what he's up to. So just jokes, J.K. Dobbins is number 28 in my rankings. feel like i got to bump him down because... I don't even know if he's going to play week one. He's like limping after doing drills. I, I did get the yeah. Gus. I did get the Gus Edwards update. He's on the pup list, so he's out at least the first four weeks of the season. They just signed Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis. It's going to be Mike Davis, man. I'm telling you. I know you said Kenyon Drake. But that's what everyone <laughs> thinks is going to happen. Mike Davis <laughs> makes the most Ravens logic to me in how they utilize random running backs. Not that I want Mike Davis, but can you trust J.K. Dobbins? <laughs> No, but for the second time in this show, Pat, there's only a problem here. He's not any good. JK Mike Dobbins. Davis is not. Any, no, Mike Davis. Uh, yeah, I saw that same clip you saw that everybody has probably seen now at this point where J.K. Dobbins was doing uh, the drill and then walked away from said drill limping clearly uh, and legitimately like the puke emoji inside my stomach when it came to fantasy and loving J.K. Dobbins. I have J.K. Dobbins at 32 uh, for what that is behind is split backfield Chase Edmonds, split backfield Singletary, uh, Rashad Penny, who can't stay healthy, Clyde that, Edwards-Alaire, it's split funny, backfield. This is exactly where I was looking at putting him. So I go Edwards-Alaire, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds, Damian Pierce, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders. Would you go Rashid, Would you go Miles Sanders or would you go J.K. Dobbins? I think I'd go Dobbins because Sanders is hurt too. I, <laughs> yeah, I, at that point I go Dobbins. Right. Although I have Damian Pierce much higher. You know that. I mean, I'm going to get to him in a second. Well, he's next on the list to get to here. So J.K. Okay. Dobbins after Rashad Penny. Penny's actually looking like a pretty good play, by the way. Your boy. He t- is. T- t- Although he I'm surprised. Too. I'm sorry. I was just about to say I'm surprised you aren't Team Travis Homer. It's just I've seen the Travis Homer experience because then you get DJ Wicked Wicked Dallas in the mix and like some other jabroni <laughs> no one's ever heard of. Like, at least I know they don't Pen- have any other Penny. Hold on, they don't have any. What's that? I oh. said, I don't think they have any. I don't think they recently, I don't think, I think they're still just DJ Dallas, Homer. And, yeah, they didn't bring anybody else in it. So it's just, it's just ha- Dallas and Homer. What happened to Bionic Neck Chris Carson? Isn't he going to be back at some point? No, he's, he's done off what? the team. Gone. Is, is he off Goodbye. the team? He, when, when did that happen? Yeah. Missed, like weeks ago. Yeah. I was just, I don't, 
I, for I could be wrong. Bite. I'm pretty sure he's like with done with bite. football. With he should be after looking at his neck and what's in it now. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd want to take another hit at that point. But and, and Kenneth Walker is going to eventually be back as well. Just the one thing maybe with, the one thing with Penny, you know, he's super cheap, so that's helpful. But at least we've seen him do it with this terrible offensive line. Like any all the fantasy points that Rashad Penny is going to score, he's going to do himself. And at least I know that he can kind of do it. So that's helpful for me. Okay. I, I just was surprised that like you like always the one behind the guy who gets hurt and stuff like that. But anyway, yes, yeah, so I, I do. Dallas, I, 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 to... I just don't see any upside to Travis Homer is what I'm getting at. Sure. And there's not a lot of upside in this team in general, although I've been grabbing a ton of DK Metcalf. Like people are treating him like he's dead. Well, it's uh, funny. But we, yes, you, you mentioned Elijah Moore or Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell. Like the guys that I have him behind are like, a lot of receivers like he's in that tier of running backs but like he's he's behind dk metcalf alan robinson amon ross st brown gabriel davis oh Hollywood sure brown michael thomas like he's firmly behind that tier for me that's why i don't feel like i'm going to get to him because i'll just take these guys instead yeah actually for your point i have elijah mitchell in the mix with them uh and mike williams and michael thomas and even juju's in that same range of players so yeah like it's just going to come down to where your team is at that point of the draft but for Dobbins as a whole this is this is gross this is really gross and i know you're saying mike davis but i think Kenyon drake just seems like the reason I made the joke for to you before the show is because I said, this is the epitome of what we've always joked about with the Ravens. This is never the person anybody wanted. Well, this wasn't even a person who was on the team at this point. So how, how is this not the most Raven things ever? The issue now becomes like what we saw a lot last year, where one week it would be, who is the, the loser everyone liked? Tyson Williams? Is that his name? Tyson Williams. Yeah. yeah. And it turned out like they were it's like, oh, no, let's do split carries with Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman. I get to see like Mike yeah. Davis and Kenyon Drake split themselves 17 carries a game. It's like, oh. So th th the answer is, this, is none of the above. Th this is good for no one. The answer is probably still Gus Edwards <laughs> when he comes back. If. If he comes Hopefully. Back. Yeah, hopefully the pup is not the Olympian along like J.K. Dobbins, and if that's the case, you're going to get your boy. There we go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Damian Pierce, how high do you have him in the rankings now? I have him above the Harris, the Josh Jacobs. Oh, shit, really? Like 19, 20, somewhere like that. Top 22? Yeah. Okay. Like, I, you know, I've been team Damian Pierce and I wish this is why I like this is the one upside of drafting a month ago the downside of course is you get guys who get hurt and then you, you kind of messed up your draft unfortunately but Pierce is no longer a value I've seen people draft him in the fourth round that's around the point of where I always say too don't buy all the risk even though I am Damian Pierce you don't want to buy the best case scenario we did a bold prediction show that the athletic and I said, he'll be the first Houston Texans running back to run for 1100 yards. Since this bat 2014, Arian Foster, no Houston Texans running back has run for 1100 yards. Since then I said, it was going to happen. That's a bold prediction. But even if he runs for 1100, that's not a, a high watermark for fantasy purposes, especially if you're only scoring four or five touchdowns on the ground, he will be used in the passing game, even 12 or 13, 1,400 total yards with four, five, six total touchdowns, still an RB2 because of the team he's on. So don't go crazy just because they got rid of Mac. But what we said on this show for a long time, not come for you, Pat, but it's like I said, Mac was a non-factor for me. This is why I was Damian Pierce. But don't now, because of all this, don't draft him where he has to get 1,400 yards and six touchdowns just to like not even return value just to be worth the draft pick and i think that's the risk people are running into is that i have them there but i don't have them inside the first three rounds pierce or montgomery pierce for me pierce or gibson pierce pierce or elijah mitchell Mm, pierce 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 all right, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go number 20. I'll go one spot uh, behind A.J. Dillon, one spot ahead of David Montgomery. Here's the issue. I'd still take ETN. I'd still take Fournette and Connor and all those guys. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, not going to go those that guys crazy. Are good. Those guys are good. I have Fournette at number six. Like You should most definitely draft Leonard Fournette as like an elite running back because he, he is. Wait, but he's, but he's fat no, and no, Tom Brady no, he, wasn't no, around. He, he was fat. He's not fat anymore. I saw a picture. Don't worry about him. <laughs> what are the chances... Rex Burkhead outscores Damian Pierce because they cut Freeman. They cut Mack. It's just Burkhead. It's just Pierce. And Pierce is looking like the early down, two down back, not the receiving back. That could be wrong. The Texans expected to lose a lot of games, be behind in a lot of games. So if it's a lot of passing situations, you could see a lot of these like 10 carry, eight catch games for Burkhead. Could until he, like Elijah Mitchell, gets hurt by doing it. I just I don't think Rex Burkhead stands up through that kind of the, workload. They have the goon as well, another pass catching back. They do, and that's your boy, the goon. So, look, there's a world. This is why I'm saying don't buy all the risk. Don't buy it where Damian Pierce has to do everything I think he can do just to be an equitable value. So, uh, 
again, we talk about on your show a lot. I want to say like, just because we rank somebody inside the top 24 or inside the top 15 or whatever, doesn't mean you have to take them there. This is where you incorporate like ADP is a tool to use along many other things. Don't go straight by ADP, but look at ADP. If we have somebody inside the top 24 and the ADP is two rounds later, well, that means you can draft them one round before that ADP, knowing that we're high them for whatever reason we're talking about on your show. And that's how you incorporate value to finding these into the draft. So, yeah, I, I look Rex Burkhead, if he stayed healthy for 17 games, 20 percent chance he outscores Damian Pierce. Well, I'm just thinking like I obviously I had to take Marlon Mack out of my ranking. So that starts to like click with me. Where do I put Rex Burkhead? Is he in that like McKissick, Naheem Hines? Yes. Like, pass catcher range. Or is he a little bit more valuable than that? Because I think that he is like. Would you? I, I know that the consensus answer is going to be James Cook, but like, what would you put that the chances Rex Burkhead outscores James Cook this year? He's probably a favorite. Seventy percent. Yeah. So I, I actually like I have them who, in the same who, tier. Who's better, Kenneth Gainwell or Rex Burkhead? Ooh, Gainwell. Because but, I don't think but it's not by uh, much. It's, somebody by asked much. me about. No, because so like I made that joke to you a few weeks ago because the lost thing, the constant Kenneth Gainwell, like somebody's like, well, what Boston Scott's getting all the lead carries while Sanders is out. I was like, yes, because Gainwell's role is not changing. Gainwell is Gainwell. Gainwell is their James White. He's their uh, who else is another one kind of in that range? J.D. McKissick, but like a little bit more on the rushing side, a little bit less on the passing side. His role stays the same. Gainwell is not going to be the lead running back. So that's why he's OK. But you're right. In this entire range of running backs are Drake and McKissick and Ingram and Burkhead and Zamir White potentially eh, next tier down. But Alexander Madison on the high end of this tier, those kind of guys. Yeah, well, I have Burkhead now. I have Gainwell, Khalil Herbert at 39, Daryl Henderson at number 38, Gainwell at 40, Burkhead 41, James Cook 42, Madison, Jamal Williams. Like that backup that is, it's the backup running back who we theoretically think assumes the number one role, but still does stuff on a week-to-week basis. Sort of like the yeah. the, the homeless man's A.J. Dillon. <laughs> yes. Would you rather have Jeff Wilson or Rex Burkhead? Rex Burkhead. Okay. James Robinson? I'd rather have Rex Burkhead. Okay. What do you make of Robinson in the ETN situation? Because it just seems like, oh, Robinson, probably going to play week one. He's going to be the workhorse. Etienne sucks. It's like, nah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just going to go with Etienne and, and be on my way. Yeah, that was another one. We even asked the, the Greg Allman answered that question. Is that one of the Allman brothers? <laughs> oh, no, no L in it. A-U-M-A-N. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh even asked that and he said the same thing like we've kind of speculated on this show is like why is everybody so like i've sat here and said this to you i maybe or maybe it was my show like everybody's like oh my god cam Akers might not be ready for week one he looks so terrible in the playoffs like and they're like oh by the way james robinson though is a significant threat to lead the backfield for the Jaguars. why like like He's coming off the same injury. He hasn't stepped on the playing field. He's practiced some, but he's working his way back from an Achilles injury that should take at least into the middle of the season, if not the next season. And if you talk about Travis Etienne, by the time Robinson's a significant threat, he might have locked down this backfield given his ability. So, yeah, James Robinson, flyer in the Jeff Wilson range, but even if he's not even the true backup, and it's uh, – who. I'm having a brain fart. Who was the one that they kept? Because they cut, they, they cut the one. They, they cut the good Connor, but there's oh they got they picked up Jermichael Hasty. It could be just like a timeshare of those guys. 
Snoop Connor is the rookie they drafted. Yeah, that's what I said. And then they I was trying to think of who they picked up. Yeah, they picked yeah. up Jermichael Hasty from the 49ers. That is a great way. I, I always just every time I see his name, I mean Hasty is a really good last name to begin with, but Jermichael spelled that way is just chef. With a capital M? With a capital M and a Y. Like that's that's great stuff. It's great work. All name team. Jermichael you don't like Hastie. you don't like Derek Young? The way that Derek Young spells his name for how the does, Seahawks? How does he spell his name? D-A-R-E-K-E. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That, that's, that's, I was going to say, you have to be a fan of that. That is impressively confusing to me, just to look at me like, ah. oh, they also have a Spiro Agnew. I forgot about Jamal Agnew. It's my guy. It's not good, but. Oh. Hey, he could be Debo Samuel for the Jaguars. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> Half the size. What do you do with Cam Akers? I got him on, a, I did the oh. uh, the NFT league with uh, with Nick and uh, Big Dog. Got to eat. So we did all those drafts. I ended up with Cam Akers. I think I got him like the sixth, right? It's super flex league, but I think it's like sixth or seventh round. He started dropping. And, and maybe this is such a terrible way to think about it, but I stood true with Jamar Chase last year when he started dropping and I was high on him. And I'm glad I did. So I guess I have like a year of like a wasted pick with Cam Akers if that ends up being the case, but he's dropping and I'm going to catch it. So uh, I am I'm going down with Cam Akers Achilles if this is the issue I, if people should know this by now they're calling me back crap crazy uh, I even mentioned it last night back again on that telethon and I was saying you know if I'm in a draft uh, for net Connor I want acres I want acres and then you don't have to take him there though that's the thing is you just mentioned how far he's falling but you tell me at the end of the season who's the most valuable I've said it time and again the teams tell us what they're going to do the team told us they had capable they had two capable running backs who were performing pretty well for them in that offense even though it was Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson performed pretty well they came back from an Achilles injury in six months they gave Akers bell cow work not lead work bell cow work with the playoffs and the Super Bowl on the line he didn't run for three yards per carry yards per carry stat in general but yes he looked poor he also faced some really good defenses and he came back from an injury he's not supposed to come back from especially that fast I think McVay's playing games with us. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez has said he's been out there in practices running alongside uh, Daryl Henderson just the three or four days ago over the weekend or whatever it was. They were both out there with their helmets, both of them out there practicing. Akers traveled with the team to Cincinnati, which you usually don't travel to a team in the preseason if something's wrong. I think McVay's playing games with us. And what McVay told us last year, Cam Akers is their bell cow. I think he's an RB1. I am going down with this ship. Hey, me and you. We're gonna be like Jack and Rose. Well, yeah, I'll be with Rose. You'll let me on the. You'll let me on the door, right? You can say. Oh, you, you'll let me sink and you'll watch me wave, wave as I go underneath. That does sound like me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Maybe, hey, you know what? If nothing else, this is refreshing. I need a new CJ Anderson. I need a Cam Akers. We can move on from the CJ Anderson. Yeah, like, I, I have Akers at 15. <laughs> like I think that's a, and that's probably higher than I'm guessing where people are gonna have him. Like that's that still everybody. I'm at 13. That you're, and that's seven spots higher than where he's going right now. So you have him five spots higher than where he's going right now. So that's still behind Chubb and Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift, who apparently uh, I'm following the, the, the U trap. Like I haven't ranked as a running back was like, you hate DeAndre Swift. It's like, no, like I'm not, I don't think he's the best running back in football. I think he's good. I think he's a good fantasy player. I also like Cam Akers at the same time, but he's still behind him. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to talk to you about is the Brees Hall, Michael Carter situation. Mm-hmm. Is, is this a situation where this is a split backfield and a bad offense and maybe we shouldn't be drafting Brees Hall here? 
I legitimately do think it's a split backfield because uh, a couple of reasons here. Brees Hall, well, let's, let's put this out there first. Brees Hall is definitively a better talent than Michael Carter. No, of course he could bust in the NFL. Like, on paper, watching the play, different, definitely a better talent. Could go sideways. He could bomb in the NFL, and then we never see Brees Hall again. But Brees Hall, player per player comparison, is the better talent. Should be his backfield at some point. It's going to come out of the gates and even backed up by beat reporters from The Athletic to numerous websites. This is not just one person, which we talk about a lot, is seeing if multiple beat reporters are saying the same thing. And multiple beat reporters keep saying split backfield, split backfield, split backfield. We, it's a copycat league, Pat. We talk about that all the time. People are trying to find the next Debo Samuel. What else are they doing? They're bringing in rookie running backs, young players, and doing 50-50 because you know what? Why throw them into the fire when you have another good player? Why get somebody hurt giving them 350 touches? Because the more hits you take, the more likely you are to get hurt. You have two capable guys. They both stay fresh. And that's what it is. So Brees Hall could push Michael Carter aside into a 70-30 split by the middle of the season and be patient with Brees Hall. But out of the gates, I do think it's going to be a 50-50, a lot like we saw with Broncos. And it might never change. And I'll give you an example. Somebody asked me about a trade, and they said, hey, I'm trying to upgrade my quarterback. I don't like trading for quarterback upgrades. But he had Jameis Winston, or she had Jameis Winston, and she said they want Brees Hall and Jameis Winston for Patrick Holmes. And I said, do it, because one, they had, she had six running backs. But I said, do it because you're probably going to be able to get Brees Hall back in a trade when they get frustrated after four weeks that he keeps splitting the workload. Give me a note on Traylon Burks. You in or out for the price? I've been out. You know I've been out. Yeah, I'm in on 2023 Traylon Burks. But it's, or... like, it's like free now. Oh, so... December Traylon Burks, but I think, you know, I've been Robert Woods, Robert Woods, Robert Woods. I only want one receiver on this team, and I actually think the second one to start the season is Austin Hooper and not Burks. But if you're patient enough, take Burks, but you have to be patient. So if he is free, absolutely. And then you can stash him at the end of your bench. If he's still going to go, like, because of the hype of a rookie, the ninth, 10th round, let somebody else, and then go either pick him off waivers or try to trade for him after three or four weeks because – I don't think he's going to be anything until the middle of the season, fantasy-wise. Like, he'll be productive, but anything valuable in fantasy. I, I should have mentioned with the Brees Hall, I did bump him down in the rankings. I initially had him at number 17. He's down to number 20. That is now one spot behind Damian Pierce in the rankings. Mm, I would take A.J. Dillon over Brees Hall. I, so I, I mean, I have A.J. Dillon above them both. So, yeah, you're right, Jake. You nailed that one. <laughs> you have A.J. Dillon or what, running back eight? <laughs> I am at number 18. <laughs> That's where you want to be. I, I think that there's just such a huge ecosystem on that Packers team for both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, especially after Matt LaFleur came out today and said that the Packers are using wide receiver by committee. <laughs> that's going to work out well. <laughs> I think that's everybody after Lazard. And also, I think LaFleur is just talking out the side of his mouth. All right. Any cuts, injuries that we haven't touched on that you think severely impact the rankings as of right now? I hate it. Sonny Michelle does matter. Like they just, I'd still just either not draft them or just wait for Isaiah Spiller to eventually take over. But that might not happen to 2023 now because Michelle's now the backup to if something happens to Austin Eckler, he would step in, not Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly probably sprinkled in, Spiller probably sprinkled in. But I think that one matters if you're going to take a late round flyer in case Eckler gets hurt from his workload. What about it? And as you can tell. <laughs> and what does that do for Edmonds and especially Raheem Mostert? Oh, 
I was big on Raheem Mostert. I think this is like a split backfield. I think that's a very split, you know, down the middle. Uh, one thing I was doing a show with Dave Richard for CBS, and he mentioned, although this is my concern. So I was on Mostert. I said like, oh, this just clears up. They were like, oh, how high does this move Chase Edmonds? Like, it really doesn't. It doesn't affect Chase Edmonds at all for me. It was just solidifying the fact that similar to Jeff Wilson, Mostert is the second guy until Dave told me this. He said he's been in a lot of the camps down there. He said, it sounds like that is the real Shanahanigans that Mike McDaniel is going full-blown committee wants to use. That's why they kept all four, including Gaskin and Ahmed, because they just want speed, speed, speed. They want to use them all, keep them fresh and rotated so everybody's always 100% speed out there. I know there's differing levels of speed with those running backs, but it might be Edmonds is the only one that ends up being somewhat valuable week in and week out as a RB3, and the other three are just going to be a headache and probably more so of like a full-blown committee that just pisses us off every week. Mostert or Michael Carter? Carter. Mostert or Madison? Madison, because if something happens, it's, it's a clear, it's the clear yeah. scenario versus the other. Jamal Williams or Mostert? <sighs> I'd go with Jamal Williams. That's what I, I'm I, 46. Yeah, I, I would take Jamal Williams just because they, you mentioned it a few weeks ago when we were talking about DeAndre Swift is they are hell-bent on using Jamal Williams for any time they can. Yeah, well, didn't you see Hard Knocks? Guy's a leader. I, I see why you want him on the field. Of course. I should probably delete Marlon Mack from the rankings. Get out of here, pal. He's, 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 he's Mike Davis. Take a hike. Who is? Jamal Williams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a bad comp, to tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> any other injuries or cuts in new teams? Like, uh, No. It, it does sound like Eno, ben, about Rager. Eno Benjamin does seem to be the number two, not Daryl Williams in Arizona. I guess that's worth noting. Uh. Yes, but I think that just means Eno Benjamin sees some weekly workload. I think if something happened to Connor, it would be a 50-50 split. No. Eno Benjamin, yeah. He, everybody just remembers when he trucked the one guy, but let's also remember that like Eno Benjamin's like not a 20. You want to talk about 20 carries and getting killed. That would probably be a 50-50 split. Last thing, of the preseason hype guys, the guys that have made their bones, obviously Damian Pierce seems to be on a different level than this because it appears like he's the starting running back for the Houston Texans right. of all of the other guys, be it uh, Pacheco or likely or any of them, who is the one that is real? If there's any of them, I don't call me crazy. Well, not call me crazy. I'll even give you the quote here. Call me crazy with Jeff Zuribeck who call, covers the Ravens for the athletic. I think it's Isaiah likely. Uh, I asked him, I said, is there a real third receiving option? Because it's the Prochet, Duvernay, Talon Wallace, and he said, and then Demarcus Robinson that he just brought in. But the only person that's been showing out above all of them is the rookie tight end. Now, rookie, I wanted to specify that rookie tight end and how infrequently we see fantasy value from them. But we know the Ravens love tight ends. And if they're going to use likely out there and even line them up as a wide receiver, similar to Kyle Pitts was used with the Falcons. Again, don't go insane. I, I An NFC team. I think took him as like the 14th tight end off the board. Like let's slow your roll and chill out a little bit. But if you want to stash him at the end of your bench, because maybe he does become like the third quote unquote wide receiver or receiver behind Andrews and uh, Rashad Bateman. And then something were to happen to Mark Andrews again, they love their tight end. So I think the likely one is the most realistic hype one to, to get behind uh, the Pacheco already. Like they kept Ronald Jones. If they kept Ronald Jones, they can't be that enamored with Pacheco. 
Where do you think I should put Isaiah Likely into the tight end rankings? Like, would you rather, like, I think I would draft him over Gesicki, who seems to be terrible. Mm. Uh, that's because he, he's not an inline tight end, and that's where they're using him. H- would, uh, would you go Hig- I can tell you where. Higby or Likely? I still go Higby. It's Eleanor Higby? Still. Yeah. I still go Janu. I still go Logan Thomas in case he stayed healthy, but he's in that next group. Like, if you're you're talking like Noah Fant and Mo Alley Cox and the big O, I would just take Likely. I would take Fant. Fant's the only one of those. No, Fant's not even running all the snaps. They're using freaking Will Disley. You, uh, Walt Disley? You wait. Walt Disley loves, like, breaking his leg every third game. Don't worry about him. (laughs) It's going to, it'll be Noah Fant. You can't keep this guy down. He's just going to be out there, and he'll be dropping passes with the best of them. <laughs> oh, Evan Ingram. No, no, not a chance. He, he's, <laughs> he is not going to score as many fantasy points as our guy Tarzan Dan Arnold. Dan, Dan Arnold almost didn't make the team. Well, he did, though, didn't he? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Did he? I think so. I thought he, he I, I, thought, I thought he made the team. Oh, they, yeah, they kept them with Manhurts and Luke Farrell. They have, I think, what is it, four or five wide receivers, but four tight ends. There you go. I like this likely as a receiver path. If that's the case, like he could be wide receiver two on this team. That And that's what that's the situation here is the upside. Well, wide receiver three. You think he could get in front of Bateman? No, I mean, just, if you just can't, if you say that Mark Andrews is the tight end and you don't count the tight end. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Would he be ahead so of the third Duvalnay or that? Yeah guy whose name looks like Porsche, but isn't Porsche. James Porsche. Though. Porsche. Yeah, sure. That guy. <laughs> Duvernay, Proche. They're, they're, that's the A's at the end. You should love this team. Duvernay and Proche. Oh, Devin Duvernay? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty in on Pretty in on the French last You can even throw in Isaiah Leclay. Oh, Leclay? Then you'd have to, uh, <laughs> you'd have to change up. You'd have to put an E in the place of a Y with an accent aigu at the end, and uh, then we'd be dancing this Ravens receiver. Okay. That's exactly where I want. Are we? They're going to go to the world cup and compete as team France and just run the table with let me out Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be fine. All right. The rankings are now updated on DKNation.com and down in the description, sub rate and review the Pat Mayo experience podcast to get in that draw with a thousand dollars of cold, hard cash giveaways run the sims.com slash mayo to get yourself 10 percent off the listeners league is down in the description and in the comment section of both the audio and the video so i suggest you play on that because it's filling up quickly jake you and i will be doing the weekly rankings debate show every tuesday early afternoon on mayo media network but of course you got stuff going on all week so tell the people your schedule for football season Oh my God! Yes. So Monday, us, Tuesday, give, Wednesday give, is all. Give, give us the highlights. So we don't know everything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 11 a.m. every single day. Real simple is all in football. That's the one I host with Meanie and Stepmom Morin. And then the athletic one is Mondays and Thursdays. So and then your show. And then the rankings and the waiver columns, which come out every single week at midnight on Monday slash Tuesday, and then Tuesday slash Wednesday. All right. Follow Jake at Kid on Twitter and myself at, uh, I was going to say the PME, but that actually wouldn't be proper. It doesn't get converted like that into different language. The PME on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> slash the PME on the Facebooks. If you're real old, you can find content up there as well. It's not good content, just copy and paste, but it's up there if you're 95 and watching the show <laughs> right now. Follow along on Facebook, okay? Give us a like over there as well. 
All the rankings updated, like I mentioned. We're here for football season. We're going to be back with all of the news. I think we have shows every day for the next five months. So pick and choose the ones that you want, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!